Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What's up, everybody? Let's talk rankings. It's a big week for us. It's rankings week. Updating after the NFL draft. Two-man show today, Adam Azer and Jamie Eisenberg, looking at Jamie's updated quarterback rankings. Burning the midnight oil last night with these rankings, huh? Yeah, it was a, it was a long night trying to catch up from the NFL draft, but you know, that's, uh, that's why we do what we love, right? We've got to keep up with everything that's happening around the NFL. What was the highest spot in your rankings that changed after the NFL draft? Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, any position? No, quarterback. Oh, quarterback. Um, probably moving Matt Ryan up into the top 12. Uh, but I also subsequently, because of the news that's been happening and just the expectation, I moved Deshaun Watson out of my top 12. So he was probably the biggest faller and Matt Ryan, the biggest riser. So nothing from the top five or anything like that. I mean, I moved Kyler Murray from five to four uh, ahead of Dak Prescott. But I think, as I told you in FFT and five, two through five, I think is going to be just uh, a free for all of whoever you like best. And depending on the format and whatever bonuses you might get in your league, you know, that's going to determine, I think, who goes in those spots. I told you before that we started the show, I was very stressed out today, right? Yes. You don't know why I'm stressed out. So I'm going to tell I you. I don't know who to take as the number two quarterback. <laughs> I'm just Tough. very stressed out about it. I Tough. I think I know. I think that I, I came up with one stat or came up with. Uh, I have one stat that's going to help me in four point per passing touchdown leagues. And the statistic. A real stat or an Azer stat? No, this is a real stat. Right. I can't find it. But I found it. Um, Josh Allen scored passing plus rushing, total touchdowns. He scored 11 (laughs) more touchdowns than Kyler Murray last year. Mm -hmm. And he only scored seven more points in four point per passing touchdown leagues. So I think Kyler is number two in four point per passing touchdown leagues. Over Lamar. That over definitely over Allen. Well, for now, definitely over yeah. Allen. So I'll say probably definitely over Allen. Over Lamar Jackson, I think he's probably going to be within 250 rushing yards. So that's 25 points. And then the passing yards, he might he might have a thousand more passing yards. And that's how many points is that? 40? No, wait, four. Yeah, right? It's 40 points. Um, Four points for every 100 yards times 10. So then it comes down to touchdowns. I don't know, man. I don't know. I struggle with Lamar Jackson, but he's... So the way I have it right now, it's six points for passing touchdowns. It's Mahomes one, Allen two, Lamar Jackson three, Kyler Murray four, and Dak Prescott five. And four points for passing touchdowns, I would have it ranked. We don't have rankings for this, but I would have it ranked. Mahomes one, Jackson two, Kyler three, Allen four, Dak five. Because Jackson was not even a top eight quarterback last year. But you can't forget the ceiling of what he can be. And he showed you flashes of that in the second half of the season when they just needed him to be that MVP guy again. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, we'll sit here and say, wow, look what Josh Allen got two years ago with the additional weapons. And clearly it was a star receiver in Stephon Diggs. But we're giving Kyler Murray a lot of credit right now for Rondell Moore because we like Rondell Moore. You know, I think collectively our group. I don't even care about that, to be honest with you. What I'm saying is like, that's the reason I put him ahead of Dak. Oh, okay. Um, Because I I do think it's a nice weapon. They gave Lamar Jackson two (laughs) very nice weapons in in the draft. And they took a shot on a guy that is a former first round pick in Sammy Watkins, who, you know, two years ago uh, helped the chiefs in their Super Bowl run, you know, so 
they added three wide receivers to help him. And so if he improves as a, like you said, you know, he's going to throw for a thousand more yards. Well, what if Lamar Jackson, because of the way teams play him and because of the work that he's been putting in, takes that next step and it's not a thousand more yards. Maybe it's 400 more yards at most. You know what? You mean the gap, gap? the gap? Well, yeah. I, that's what I wonder if, do we want Lamar Jackson to be a better passer? Because first, I know that sounds crazy, but, and I've had this conversation before, so I apologize if it's, Apologize if it's repetitive. I know what I remember. I don't know what all the listeners remember. But his first 10 games, you know, he mentioned the second half of the season, he missed the one game against Pittsburgh. It was COVID, right? Yes. And then he came back his last five games. I thought for sure, I looked it up this morning, he must have been the number one quarterback in fantasy. Unbelievably, he wasn't. Josh Allen was. And that was Josh Allen without, without playing in week 17 or playing like half of week 17 or whatever. Um, Lamar Jackson... He, last five games, he was the number two quarterback, and that was, he was on pace for almost 1,400 rushing yards. He was running everywhere. He only threw 20 times per game. His first 10 games, he threw 27.6 passes per game, and he was the number nine quarterback in four point, number 12 quarterback in six point per passing touchdown leagues. His pace was 3,100 passing yards, 920 rushing yards. He got much better last year when he said, and he himself said it, that he had to go back to his roots, basically, which was just running the ball a lot more. And he was he uh, actually didn't run all that much more, but he just ran a lot more effectively. So I, I want Lamar Jackson running. I, I'm happy that they added players. I just think that's going to make things easier on him. But I want him running. I don't want him throwing. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing it's you want to see, you want to see is better production in the passing game than what you got two years ago. And what I mean by that is, as explosive as they were, and they were explosive, big plays. Remember, you, you go back to like that week one game against Miami when they had the five touchdowns, and Marquise Brown, I think, had two of them, and they were big plays. Um, that maybe these those things help because you talk to people around the NFL and, and, you know, you obviously watch the Ravens. If you, if you follow the league, they, they want to take away the middle against Baltimore. You want yeah, to take away Mark sure. Andrews. You want to take away the running lanes. You want to force him to make plays to the boundaries. And so that's what Baltimore tried to do. They tried to get a better player that can go all over the field in Bateman. And they try to get a guy in Wallace who can make plays down the field to help Marquise Brown. And so if teams are pinching in and he can hit some of those plays on the outside, and you're getting some easier touchdowns. His attempts don't have to necessarily go up, but if he goes from what I think he had 32 touch, 32 passing touchdowns in 2019, let's say that somehow man with the 17th game can get closer to 40, and the passing yards get somewhere in the 3,700 to 4,000 range, which is a huge leap. But it, it 36, by the way. 30, okay, 36 touchdowns. He went from 36 so to 26. So let's say he goes. He's 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 36 again, you know, because I don't know if he can get much better than that. But 36 again, or you know, anywhere close to 40, he should still be a thousand yard rusher. And so, yes, it's it's just it's just hard to overlook what the ceiling is. Like Kyler still has to do that, and he could, don't doubt it. But Lamar's already done it. And I think that's what yeah, you have to buy. And, at least for me, that's what I have. Buy. And Josh Allen has had a decrease in his rushing yards three straight or now I guess it's but he's two straight. So years. good as a pass. Oh he, uh, yeah. He is. That's the that's the thing. Is how can he can he do that again? Can the touchdown rate be that high again? It was actually only seventh best uh, in the NFL, but it was still pretty high. It wasn't as high as Lamar Jackson, but we expect Lamar Jackson to have a very high touchdown rate at this point. Uh, how how does Lamar? How does Josh Allen regress? What does it look like if he doesn't have quite as good of a season? Um, I I am happy that they didn't add a running back. We talked about this because he's still the best goal line back. But the other question, the on other paper, thing, on paper, uh, yeah. But the, the other, yeah, you're back. right. Um, the other question is, why not Dak? You know, we never really talk about Dak, but he was the number I'm two. With you, he was the number two quarterback in 2019 in a full season, and then he was number, number one, one, one per game. <laughs> right? Number one per game. Now, like I said, the pass attempts were outrageous. Right, and and we didn't see a full season of what he could have been. Because again, you know, on pace was was fantastic. Now there was some highs and lows in there, not not necessarily lows lows, but you know there there was some big. Uh, I think two of the first five games, you know, if you want to throw out the Giants game in week five when he got hurt, but uh, two of those games were you know like big spikes. Um, but you know he's going to run a little bit, you know, and and that's the nice thing. And hopefully that's still the case coming off the ankle injury. But C.D. Lamb should be better. 
Obviously, Amari Cooper's proven that he's a you know legit number one caliber wide receiver, maybe at the bottom end of that scale for what you talk about, elite level guys, but he's in the conversation of number one guys for sure. Michael Gallup's still on the team. They're going to have hopefully a healthy Blake Jarwin, if not Dalton Schultz, so he could play enough that can you know get capable numbers at the tight end. Zeke was catching the ball at a very high level. Offensive line should be fine again, you know. So that's why for me, I had Dak ahead of Kyler and just you know the addition of Rondell Moore and AJ Green. You know, don't discount that. Pushed him slightly ahead, but I think if you're if you're inclined to say I have to get one of the top five quarterbacks, it's a great year to just slow play it and say I'll take the one that's left to me. Whether it's you know could be round three if if your league takes quarterbacks early, round four potentially, you know, and even if you want to extend the conversation because for me Justin Herbert is six. If you want to throw him into the mix based on what he showed you as a rookie, that's a great, you know, uh, part of it as well. But this is why the position just keeps getting better. And, you know, it used to be, okay, there's two guys at the top or maybe three guys at the top. Now we're talking about five guys at the top. Well, but what, why not Wilson? Why and not Wilson too? Yeah, you know I mean? right. Because uh-huh. his, his rushing yards went back up last year and they drafted a wide receiver. They had three picks and they drafted a wide receiver. Right. You know, I, I think, I think that pick was sort of telling in that, you know, everybody looked at it and said, okay, what are they going to do with the running back position? Because Carson's a free agent. Well, they bring back Carson. You say, oh, no, here we go again. You know, they're, they're going to go back to ground and pound and play defense and do that whole thing. But then, like you said, the draft capital was not there. And they spent it on a guy that's probably not going to make that big of an impact in their overall passing game, but is going to help because they lose David Moore. You know, the Josh Gordon thing didn't work out. And so, you know, they're adding depth to their receiving core. But I think it's more about what the philosophy may be. And the philosophy may be, hey, we're still going to let Russell do his thing. Maybe now it's not just going to be a first half season. Maybe this, all this talk was actual just a smokescreen. You know, he was upset. We got the point. And we have to make our MVP caliber quarterback, even though he's never got an MVP vote, uh, as happy as he could be. <laughs> the Packers should have followed suit. Oh, man, there's just so much to say about all of these players. You know, if you look at who's going to throw for the most yards in this group, it could be Dak Prescott, you know, just passing yards. Uh, he had 4,900 passing yards in 16 games in 2019, and he was on pace for over for almost 7,000 passing yards in, in his four healthy games. I didn't count the Giants game. He left it with an injury. Uh, so I, I think it's obviously it's going to be either Allen or Prescott. If you look at the group of Allen, Dak, Kyler Wilson. I'm not going to throw Herbert in there for now. Just just for now. Kyler Wilson and uh, Jackson. Who's going to throw for the most yards? I think Prescott's probably the favorite there. With I don't know. Let's call him a co-favorite. Not including Mahomes just because he's first. Yeah, yeah. Mahomes is going to be first. Let's call him a co-favorite with Josh Allen. But Allen threw for what forty about forty seven hundred yards this year. And Dak. Oh no, 45, 45, 44. That was Allen this year in fifteen and a half games. Uh, Dak was better than that in twenty nineteen. And it looks like Kellen Moore wants to throw. And this is not Jason Garrett, ground and pound. This is Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. So we saw that in 2019. I think they tried to be that way. Their defense was also terrible in 2020. Um, And Dak was throwing 50 times a game in the four healthy games. But also, let's take a look at who he played, Jamie. Week one against the Rams, at the Rams, he scored 19 fantasy points. He didn't play poorly. He just didn't have that second touchdown. Remember, he had that long play that should have been a pass interference that didn't get called. On Ramsey. And that ended up being the best defense in the league. Yes. But then he played Atlanta. He he scored 41 points. He played Seattle. He scored 32 points. Now, Seattle ended up much better, but at that point, they were worse than Atlanta. They were the worst of the worst. And then he played Cleveland. They gave up some of the most fantasy points. And he torched Atlanta, Seattle, and Cleveland. And then week five against the Giants, he wasn't great. 14 of 21 for 166 yards So before getting hurt. So he couldn't have had a much better schedule after facing the Rams, facing the, the Falcons, Seahawks, and Cleveland at that point in the season. The Falcons and Seahawks were miserable on defense, and Cleveland had a bad secondary all season long. Uh, so there's that. But you're right. I mean, it's just loaded one through five, maybe one through eight. And, and we haven't even gotten to Rodgers and Brady. And, uh, the and guy, if Watson played. And, well, of course, Watson. Um, so, yeah, other questions for you here as we talk quarterbacks. How are you? How are you treating Aaron Rodgers right now? You know, I, I mean, it's coming off the weekend where he uh, presumably wants out. Presumably, does not want to be on the team if uh, Gudenkus, the general manager, is still there. Who is, uh, I guess, he feels responsible for drafting Jordan Love. So, you know, you're, you're reading different things. Like I read Peter King's uh, 
uh, Monday morning column on Pro Football Talk, and you know it seems as if he's leaning toward Rodgers not being there. Uh, Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for the uh, for ESPN, I think he's leaning toward Rodgers not being there. Um, it's just hard to assume there's going to be you know the trade capital at this point that they got past the NFL draft because why would they be looking to acquire draft picks at this point when their team is ready to win now? I mean, they are considered a top five favorite to win the Super Bowl according to Vegas. So um, the moves they made this offseason spoke volumes to, you know, keeping everything together because usually like guys like Aaron Jones walk and they gave him a contract extension. So I, I think I'm still going to lean in toward Rogers playing for the Packers or not playing at all. Um, you know, so if he goes to a new team, if there is a, a, a way to swing a trade and Denver is going to be one of the teams that you hear, the Raiders are going to be a team that you hear and the Dolphins are going to be a team that you hear. Any one of those teams, I think he's still a number one quarterback. But his best case scenario, I think, is still to stay in Green Bay and, and, and build off what he did last year, even at 37 years old. Well, I guess you could make the case it'd be great if he would go to a team that would throw the ball more because Green Bay is very run heavy. They were 24th in pass attempts. So I don't know what spot that would be. You know, but He's so efficient. Oh, no, I, I know. But imagine if you were playing in the Rams offense. They're going to throw the ball more. Almost any team is going to throw the ball more. You know, imagine if the Jaguars had acquired him or something and they their defense is terrible and they threw, I don't know. If, I don't know if you want him on the Jaguars, but um, what if he threw as much as Ben Roethlisberger did? The Steelers threw 130 more times than the than the Packers last year. So imagine how good he could be. Would he, you yeah, know, that, I don't know how much better he could be than last year because he was so good, but imagine if he were in a more pass-happy offense. If you're playing the Imagine game, uh I think the 49ers were the, the team that actually made the phone call to the, the Packers said that, or Gunku said he got one phone call and he quickly said no to a trade. So I think a lot of people think it was the 49ers, not necessarily Denver. And had the 49ers given up the third overall pick and whatever other things they would have had to acquire, let's say it was the third overall pick, uh, Nick Bosa and maybe some other draft capital for, for Rogers, let's just say. Yeah. Then he goes to San Francisco, plays with those weapons. Green Bay probably doesn't take quarterback because they drafted Jordan Love. They probably take Kyle Pitts at three. And so imagine how that all could have worked out if uh, if that trade actually went through. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that Jordan Love is just a huge bu- – the reports were so bad last year. Oh, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be good. I'm just saying what Green Bay probably would have done because you would assume if they're – I think they're they going, go quarterback. Huh? I think they take a quarterback there. So if they take a quarterback, then Miami probably still is in play because why would you not take a chance on Tua and see if you can make Tua work, mm-hmm. you know, of the younger guys as opposed to taking Derek Carr or Drew Locke. Sure. Um, what would you any, give up? What would you give up for Aaron Rodgers? If I'm – well, give me the team. Just draft capital. Let's say we're not trading any veteran players. We're just trading draft capital. If, if you're a team – like, you know, Denver, based on their track record, you know, I know it's, it's George Patton now as opposed to John Elway, but, you know, when they went all in on Peyton Manning, they weren't worried about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they can mortgage three first round picks if they want to for a 37 year old quarterback looking at their roster and what they built. So, you know, there was even some thought that when they took Patrick Sertan um, at number nine, that it was part of a package to Green Bay because Green Bay went corner as well. So, I, I mean, I think if you're not worried about your future, you give up three first round picks, but you got to be a team that's ready to win now. I don't think the Raiders are ready to win now. They'll give up three first round picks because they don't know how to draft. <laughs> you know, so, um, but it's, got, it's probably going to be three first. It's amazing what a great quarterback can do, how much better he can make your team. It just were the, uh, I mean, how, 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 how different were the Bucks in 2020 compared to 2019? Now, the roster was pretty similar, right? And maybe it was young guys, in this, especially in the secondary, getting a little bit better. But well, it was, it was went a better from, offensive line, and it was a better second. You know, Winfield and, it was better, and, yeah. and the tackle. Certainly made things better. By the way, they're they're dra- they're returning every starter, every starter from the team that just won the Super Bowl. That's draw dropping. Okay, yeah. uh, and and they got Kyle Trask. And that's right. I like Kyle Trask, man. Uh, you watched him all the time. Uh, I like him. I, I mean, I understand he's not a super athlete. Doesn't have like a cannon, but man, it's like so productive every week. He's gonna be. He's, you know, for rookie only drafts, while we're talking quarterbacks, let's get back on track here, I guess. Um, he's going to be very interesting in the future. Because let's just say Brady is done. Let's say he wins another one and he's done. If Arian stays, 
and the receiving core is largely intact. You assume probably Antonio Brown is gone, but let's say they work out a long-term deal with Godwin and Mike Evans is there. If you have Arian still calling plays and that's the receiving core he's throwing to, and let's just say whether it's OJ Howard or um, Tyler Johnson or, you know, Scotty, whoever steps up and, and can fill that, that role for Antonio Brown. It's a pretty good situation to walk into if he could play. So I'm doing a uh, rookie-only draft right now for a different website. I'm not going to give away the content here. That would be pretty messed up. But I had to choose. It's a super flex league. Uh, I had to choose between Davis Mills and Kyle Trask. And I my reasoning was Tom Brady is going to play until he is 60 years old. So right. I, went, I went with Davis Mills <laughs> over Kyle Trask. I mean, there's a chance Davis Mills is, is starting this year for Houston. But uh, Trask went with the next pick. And I'm actually on the clock. So I'm going to make a pick after I turn it to you for our next topic. Um, but before we do that, we do have five episodes well, this could, week. You, so I do a lot of these industry drafts. You could say, your what's your what's your pick number and what did you take so far? You uh, yeah, I had the 10th pick in a Superflex Dynasty draft. Yep. And I took Devontae Smith with the 10th right. pick, which I couldn't believe he was there. Because there was a run on quarterbacks early. Right? Yeah, four of them, four of the top five. Uh, I took Terrace Marshall in round two. And Davis Mills in round who three. You, who did you decide between? Because Devontae Smith is easy, but who Marshall was Marshall and Tony. I went with okay. Terrace Marshall. Which is interesting. I just feel like uh he's got a better chance to become a more well rounded fantasy receiver than Kadarius Tony. Even though Tony was drafted a full round earlier. Um Davis Mills in round three, and I'm deciding between Brevin Jordan just to get a tight end, but I really think I got to take Des Fitzpatrick, who could be, you know, the number one, number two receiver for Tennessee. Yeah. So I'm going to take him right now uh, with the 10th tenth, tenth pick. So Devontae Smith, Terrace Marshall, Davis Mills, Des Fitzpatrick. This is, of course, a, a, a team that doesn't exist, so I can't, I can't say I'm strong at this, I'm weak at that, but yeah. No, I was happy with the picks. Uh, all right, Jamie, so yeah, five episodes this week. Usually we have three. This week we have five. The fifth one on Friday is going to be a mailbag. And probably will break down some drafts that we did as well. So Friday show, our favorite mid-round picks and a rookie mailbag. Leave your questions in the Apple Pod reviews. And also listen to the Pick 6 podcast. They've got in-depth grades for all of your favorite teams. Uh, breaking down picks through 1 through 259 from all angles and even offering an early glimpse at the 2022 draft. Follow Pick 6 wherever you find this podcast. I know you dropped Deshaun Watson in your rankings. I get that. Tell me how you're dealing with... All right, so the hierarchy is Mahomes and then the guys we talked about in some order, Jackson, Murray, Allen, um, uh, Dak, Herbert, Wilson, and then I'm guessing Rodgers, right? I have Rodgers over Wilson right now, but I'll probably change that. Okay, so then how do you deal with Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers, or Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, who... Everybody's adding weapons in the NFL draft. A few days before the NFL draft, he added Antonio Brown. It was the day before or whatever. He added Antonio Brown. Uh, got him back. Brady, Hurts, Burrow, Ryan. Are those your next four? Hurts, Brady, Burrow, Ryan in that order. And Hurts, you know, I could see putting ahead of Rodgers, for example, um, if Rodgers is gone from Green Bay, depending on where he ends up. Sure. So... Um, the upside for Hertz, as we saw last year, you know, he could be a monster based on his rushing ability. He could be a, a, a 3000, 1000 guy, if not better in the passing department, you know, adding Devonte Smith was huge. So, um, based on what he showed us in that three and a half game sample size, he's got, he's got the goods. Um, you know, the fact that, uh, they didn't draft a quarterback tells you that they should be all in on him. Despite what they said, I don't think it's going to be Joe Flacco. So. I think you look at Hertz and you say, okay, I'll buy into the upside there. Now, if you want to go safe, Brady is safer. Ryan is probably safer. Both those guys have, you know, track records that speak for themselves. And like I said about Kyle Trask, obviously Brady plays in that offense with those receivers and that coach. And you saw what the upside could be last season. So uh, if you want to tell me Brady over Hertz, I'm fine with that. Um, it's really, I think, you know, how you value Burrow compared to probably Brady and Ryan because Brady, I'm sorry, Burrow prior to the ACL tear, was top seven in passing attempts, top seven in passing yards per game. And they just gave him a huge weapon in Jamar Chase, who he's got a relationship with from their time at LSU. So there's a lot to love about what Joe Burrow can be. You know, the offensive line is somewhat of a concern. You know, the fact that they didn't take one in the first round, but they still addressed it in the NFL draft. So 
I'm going to take my chances with Joe Burrow as a number one fantasy quarterback. So those are the four guys that round out my top 12. And uh, it might be the case for a lot of people, depending on the order, unless you're in the Trevor Lawrence camp or you're buying into Matthew Stafford or you're buying into whoever the Saints quarterback may be, whether it's Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, or Ian Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that with Jalen Hurts, what you might not know but should know is that not every rushing quarterback is created equal, right? Jalen Hurts could be a 1,000-yard rusher. I'm going to bet. Well, I, that's per 16 games. Per 17 games, he has a, he's a better chance, obviously. I'd bet against anyone other than Lamar Jackson rushing for that, but Jalen, like, let me compare him to Justin Fields. Justin Fields, in his last full season, he only played eight games last year, played 14 games in 2019. All right, well, let's take the eight games. All right, played eight games and 383 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts, in his last full season, played 14 games, 1,300 rushing yards. This was in college. And last year, in his four starts, he was on pace for over 1,000 rushing yards. So he is going... 4,500 passing yards. What's in... Jalen Hurts was? Yeah, that's 16 games. Uh, I had him at 33,676 rushing yards. What did you say? If you take out if you take out the fourth game. Oh, okay. The three full starts. Oh, yeah. 4,500 rushing... 4,500 passing yards... And, and 1,269 rushing yards. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did he pull that off? I don't understand. Okay, so he tore, yeah, Arizona, 338 yards, 44 attempts. Dallas, 342 yards on 39 attempts. Yeah. It's just tough because you know you know, Tom Brady is just a much better player than Jalen Hurts. Uh, so there's safety there. But right, and, and look. The rushing is crazy. You, you, made, you made the joke. I think a lot of people would say probably 50 as opposed to 60, but... At some point, a 44-year-old quarterback is going to look like a 44-year-old quarterback. Now, he's defying everything at this point because of what he did at 43, going to a new team with no full offseason. So you just have to keep buying it until it doesn't work anymore. But you just never know. The offensive line is great. The weapons are amazing. And, he's, you know, if you mentioned the 22 starters. He's getting O.J. Howard back. You know, and that guy was a sure. good playmaker at the start of the season he got Giovanni Bernard on top of it which is something they didn't have in this offense last year which is better for him we obviously don't like it for Fournette or Ronald Jones but it's better for him and so those two pieces alone just could potentially enhance what he does and so you know he's about collecting rings stats don't matter to him anymore but he still wants to I think retire as leader in this leader in that leader in this leader in that and now that Breeze is out of the way he's going to have all those records for however long he wants them until Patrick Mahomes maybe comes and takes them. So it just seems as if Brady is still going to get the job done. But I think, you know, if you are somewhat concerned, then maybe you look at Burrow or maybe you'll even look at Ryan knowing the weapons there. But I think Jalen Hurts is in a different category because if you want to buy into the upside of the new quarterbacks in the NFL, you're buying into Jalen Hurts. If you want to buy into safety, knowing that you're not going to get any rushing production, but 4,500 yards and the chance for 40 touchdowns is there for Tom Brady for sure. Yeah. If Jalen Hurts rushes for a thousand more yards than Tom Brady, that's a hundred points. That's, that's seventeen touchdowns, seventeen passing touchdowns, and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Um, I've done a lot of math here. I had to use my calculator for that one, but I saw you. Yeah, yeah, I figured everyone watching on YouTube did. So I also think that this draft makes the the two quarterback conversation pretty interesting. Really interesting. How are you feeling about Tua? How are you feeling about Daniel Jones? I, I want to tell you that I think Jimmy Garoppolo, as long as he can keep the job, and I think the fact that they drafted Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones helps Jimmy Garoppolo keep the job. I think he's a good fallback option in a two-quarterback league. Uh, here's a stat that you'll laugh off because you think it's ridiculous, and I don't blame you. But if you just look at what Jimmy Garoppolo did in 2019, the year they went to the Super Bowl, if he had done, if he had averaged his fantasy points per pass attempt in 2019, and if you had given him that on the amount of throws they had last year, uh, he would have been the number 12 quarterback last year and number five in 2019. But he was great. He's played one full season, 16 games. He's played more than six games once in his career, Jimmy Garoppolo, and a 102 passer rating. I know he. I said he was great. He wasn't, but his statistics were great. 
we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not that great of a quarterback, but this this team is loaded offensively. They've got so much talent. So even Garoppolo, I just think the fact that they drafted a, a project instead of someone who's going to be potentially ready like Mac Jones really quickly helps him. And it just makes him interesting in two QB leagues. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, we can talk all day about who's number two is, but we don't talk enough about, you know, quarterbacks 20 through 25 or whatever. They could have a big sure. impact. So you got him. You got Tua getting Waddle. And um, he, he, he dealt with a lot last year, you know, coming off hip, hip surgery and... Um, it was tough, tough circumstances for him, and hopefully the line is a lot better. You got Trevor Lawrence, who you're going to be, it seems like, really high on. But I don't know. The position got deeper, Jamie. I think it got deeper in the draft with after the draft. Absolutely did. You know, I mean, uh, and and the piggyback off of the the Jalen Hurts stuff. I mean, Carson Wentz with a better offensive line. Yeah. I know the weapons aren't great, but if he's protected, you know, hopefully he can make something out of uh, Ty Hilton and Michael Pittman, and and at least do what Philip Rivers did a year ago. So. Yeah, there's a lot to like about the the quarterbacks toward the back end of the number two conversation. Again, the Saints guy, whoever that's going to be, if you want to buy into one of them being legit, I, I think you know you, you're you're banking on Sean Payton there. But you know, like you said about Tua, and Tua is an interesting tie-in to Garoppolo because remember, not a lot of people thought Tua was ready because of the hip and not seeing him in no preseason games. And the Dolphins were winning games when they made the decision to make the switch. It wasn't like Ryan Fitzpatrick was struggling. They wanted to see if they had more of upside play by going with Tua. And so you could see the 49ers, even if Garoppolo is playing well, if they feel Lance is ready, they may make that switch. The other, the other side of that for a positive for Garoppolo is what if he's Alex Smith the year that they drafted Mahomes? And Alex Smith wasn't a star, but he certainly was good. And you're talking for two quarterback leagues. I would take that from Garoppolo for sure. You know, so that's the type of thing you're looking for. But, I mean, let's not forget – you have the young guys, like you said, Daniel Jones. He gets Tony. He gets Galladay. He gets you know Kyle Rudolph. What's that for? What that's worth? He gets Barkley back. Um, so there's a lot of weapons for the Giants, and hopefully Daniel Jones takes advantage of it for a quarterback you know will run a little bit. Um, yeah. What about Ryan Fitzpatrick? And you know going to Washington and having all the weapons that they gave him, Curtis Samuel, uh, along with McLaurin and, and and Logan Thomas. There they add Diami Brown. Yeah. Um, you know that's a team that that's got a chance to to be really good if Fitzpatrick can play well. You mentioned Justin Fields briefly, but Justin Fields, he's going to run. Um, he's going to have an opportunity to come in and hopefully make some plays, and I'm sure he's going to have a chip on his shoulder for being passed over. Uh, whoever is the starter for the Patriots, if it's Cam, okay, run like you did last year, throw like you did in those first two games, and maybe you get one of the biggest steals in fantasy if he's looking at this as maybe his last hurrah to go out and play well, and they just gave him all these weapons. So it's such a loaded position. And so when you're talking two quarterback and super flex leagues, if you're not inclined to say, I want to get one of those top six through 12 through 14, you know, Stafford, uh, your favorite quarterback of all time, who you're drafting in every league this year, Jared Goff. Um, you know, they're, they're, That's one guy I'm not interested in. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if, if you're, if you're not so inclined to have to reach for a guy, you can, again, wait until depending on how your league goes round five, round six, maybe a little bit later and take two guys back-to-back, whether it's, you know, you get lucky and get, let's say, a Tannehill or Stafford and then a Wentz or one of those guys in Fitzpatrick or, you know, two, you want to take two swings for the fences and then, you know, another uh, maybe four guys on on your team. So you take Daniel Jones and Tua, which is probably not the best situation, but if you built a strong team and then maybe one of those guys hits and you take a third guy who uh, can come out of nowhere and and, and play well like like a Wentz or a... a golf or something, you know, fields, whoever the case may be, you know, there, there are so many different directions you can go. It's a, uh, it's, it's just, you don't have to reach for Mahomes early. It's different in, in two quarterback superflex leagues. I get that, but um, there's, there's a lot to like about that back end group too. Daniel Jones. I'm going to say this probably uh, several times before we start drafting 35 career touchdown passes in 27 games. That's awful. And 13 of them came in three games. So that means 22, yes, 22 touchdown passes in 24 games. Other than those three games, that's horrible. And I do not like Jason Garrett for Daniel Jones. Remember how good Gallman was? Because they kept pounding the ball. Like This could be great for Barkley. And think about Ezekiel Elliott, all the rushing touchdowns. That's what Jason Garrett does. He's just like run, run, run that ball into the end zone. I don't know. Daniel Jones, I, I, I don't like the coordinator, but... But he is interesting because he could be a 350-ish rushing yard guy. 
I think he was third in, in the NFL in rushing yards for quarterbacks before he hurt his ankle and was not the same after that. And yeah, they they have a lot of talent, but they have a bad offensive line. And the Bengals also have a bad offensive line, Jamie. I don't know how much that factors into your Burrow ranking. Well, you know, I mean, we we, we said it last year and it's going to say the same thing again this year. You know, you're counting on Jonah Williams to to play up to the level I think that we saw in college and the shoulder injury, you know, ruined his rookie season and he just didn't have the same type of performance last year that people were hoping for. But they add Riley Reef to the other side and, you know, they drafted, I forget who they took in the second round, um, but they did spend some capital on on the offensive line in the draft. So, you hope that that unit can be better, but sometimes the town has to, you know, exceed some of these situations. You know, it doesn't always work it work out that way, but um, you know, hopefully that's the case that that you see fantasy production as a you know he's going to take hits, he's going to get sacked, um, and hopefully he can overcome that. So Jamie has Trevor Lawrence fourteenth ahead of Tannehill, Stafford, Taysom Hill, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Ben Roethlisberger. Tua, Daniel Jones, etc. But it's basically your top 12, then Deshaun Watson, then Trevor Lawrence. And that's ambitious. Dave has him 16th and Heath has him four, have 15th. Yeah, that's still very ambitious. You know, it, for me, it's a tough call between I like Kirk Cousins. So do I. You have him 18th. And I'm just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not, Tannehill and Lawrence is really tough. And you have him back to back. Lawrence one spot ahead. Heath has Tannehill one spot ahead. Dave has Tannehill. Where is he on Tannehill? Uh, he has Tannehill 14th and Lawrence 16th. So that's really tough. I guess it's Tannehill, Stafford, Lawrence. It's like the three of you have them all ranked. And the Saints guy. I'll throw the Saints guy in there too. Where the hell does Heath have Stafford? Oh, Heath has Stafford 20th. Interesting. And that's the Saints guys. Hmm. Well, what is it that makes you so optimistic about Trevor Lawrence? Even if that's an obvious question, go ahead and... Well, I mean, discuss. prospect, you know, best best passing prospect comes to the NFL since Andrew Luck. You know, hopefully he, uh, you know, builds off what he did in college. He's got two very capable coaches working with him and Daryl Bevel as the offense coordinator and Brian Schottenheimer as the quarterback's coach. And, you know, those guys have had, you know, plenty of success with good quarterbacks in the NFL. So the question becomes is, are they going to be a such a dominant run team with Travis Etienne and James Robinson? Maybe. I'm going to lean against that being dominant. That'd be good, but I don't think dominant. Uh, and are the receivers good enough to help him make plays? You know, there's basically three twos. Marvin Jones is a two. I think DJ Chark probably is a two. And Louis Chanel, maybe at best, is a two. So there's no dominant guy there. But Oh, their dominant guy is coming out of the backfield, baby. Travis yeah. Etienne. Nah, yeah. I, I, um, I have, I'm kidding, but he, he is really talented in that regard. Yeah, no, I'm, but I was going to say, like, as a group, it's a good group. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're and then let's not forget, once they put Tebow at tight end, it's <laughs> uh, you know, all systems go, baby. So, um, you know, Lawrence will run a little bit. You know, he's not going to be Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, those type of guys. But, you know, I think he could be in the Daniel Jones type of mold of, you know, run enough to get you those additional points that you like and whatever touchdowns he scores. So I'm going to buy into upside. And, you know, you look at three of the four rookie quarterbacks last year that uh, were on a lot of people's minds. Um, the two that you know that were great with Herbert and Burrow, I think he fits that mold. Uh, he's different than Tua. He's different than Hurts. But, you know, again, we told you what Hurts could have been with his rushing production. But you just if you, just, if you tell me right now that Trevor Lawrence is – 4,027 and 11, which is what Hertz would have been on pace for. That's a borderline top 15 guy. And then whatever rushing he does on top of it. So I don't think Joe Burrow was great last year for fantasy. I don't even think he was top 20. He was somewhere around 20th per game. And he was throwing 40 times a game. But he was unlucky with the touchdowns, though. That's the thing. A lot of rookie quarterbacks struggle with that. I'm not really sure why. And I'm not really sure it's still a thing. Because rookie quarterbacks... You basically could used to be able to treat them like rookie tight ends. Just forget about them. But Mayfield was good enough. Mayfield had a record-setting year. Herbert crushed him. Uh, Burrow was good. I, I don't think he was great, but he was good. Even Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones. If Burrow was a better prospect, though. He probably wouldn't have. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, rookie quarterbacks have had more success recently. Lawrence is a different mold, but I, I don't even like Andrew Luck wasn't very good as a rookie and this is the best prospect since Andrew Luck, but I, his rushing totals really should not be overlooked because he rushed for 500 yards in 2019 
And last year, 563 yards. And he rushed for 203 yards in 10 games in 2020. So that's going to be a part of his game for sure. Uh, All right, that basically covers it, Jamie. We have a few news items to get to. We have some emails to get to. Um, Yeah, was there anything else I wanted to tell you about? I think there was. Oh, that's right, the Stitcher app. So the Stitcher app is great. Honestly, there are a lot of ways to listen to podcasts, but you have got to be using the Stitcher app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher's home to all your favorite podcasts. Okay, all the CBS shows, obviously, but the classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made? Uh, Please check out the Stitcher app. In Stitcher, you have more control, like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. When Stitcher With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. Give the all-new Stitcher a try. Download it in the App Store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. We are going to take a break. When we come back, your emails and some news items. Hope all of you have had a chance to listen to Fantasy Football Today in 5. If you don't have time to listen to the full-length show, you get all that same info in 5 minutes. Kansas City signed Jarek McKinnon. Does this matter to you? I mean, it's, you know, something I guess you want to keep an eye on just because it could take Clyde Edwards layer off the field in some passing situations. And kudos to McKinnon for finally staying healthy in 2020. But, I mean, he's not a lead runner. We've seen that, you know, and injuries have certainly been a problem for him. So it's it's not like he can't beat out Daryl Williams for the second spot. And if something happens to Edwards Hilaire, you're probably going to see those two guys split time. But, um, you know, and, and if you're in a deep league, deep dynasty league and McKinnon's available, I'd, I'd take a flyer on him just in case to see what happens. Detroit said they would have drafted a quarterback seventh overall if Panay Sewell had not been available. And I do think it's really interesting when teams have fine quarterbacks and they pass on Justin Fields and Mac Jones, right? The Lions passed on Fields. The Giants, the, the Eagles passed on Fields. The Broncos passed on Fields. It's kind of interesting to me. What does that say about Justin Fields? I don't know. We'll find out. But but I also feel like, just kind of an aside, you know, at the quarterback position, if you have a quarterback and then the following year you have a chance to draft another quarterback that you think is a better prospect, I feel like you should take him. The Cardinals. The Cardinals, exactly, exactly. So if the Giants can evaluate Daniel Jones and say, okay, we actually think he's better than Justin Fields, and the Eagles can evaluate Jalen Hurts and say the same thing, fine. But I feel like Justin Fields was a better prospect than both of them, but I also feel like we in the non-NFL community like Fields better than the NFL community does. Uh, I don't know. But I just thought, you know, I, I thought the Eagles probably should have taken Justin Fields, and I think the Giants probably should have too. But, they're, you know, they're committed to their quarterbacks. And Giants will draft a quarterback with the Bears pick next year because Bears are going to be terrible. The Falcons are not exercising Hayden Hurst's fifth-year fifth year option. You're a Giants fan. You want Fields to be terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Falcons not exercising Hayden Hurst's fifth-year option. This that is makes a, sense. Yeah. And the, what does that mean if you're not familiar with it? Going into a player's fourth year, you have to decide if you're picking up his fifth-year option. This is only for first-round picks. So that means he's not under contract for 2022, and they obviously just drafted Kyle Pitts. And they did pick up Calvin Ridley's fifth-year option, by the way. Okay, emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. What are the values? This one's from Adam. What are the values for James Robinson and Jalen Rager in Dynasty? Well, I mean, Robinson is... uh... If you're you're trying to buy him, you're buying him cheap now, you know, with the hope that ETN deals with injuries or doesn't, you know, materialize into a lead back and Robinson can somehow hold on to that role or at some point maybe regain that role if he loses it or he goes to a new team, you know, at some point while he's still young. Rager, I think, still has a very high ceiling because, you know, he's a first-round pick, you know, he's very productive at TCU. I think he still has an opportunity to make plays. Was he the right choice? Clearly not over Justin Jefferson. Is he a number one wide receiver? Probably not. Probably never will be as long as Devontae Smith does what Devontae Smith is capable of doing. But – can he still be a legitimate fantasy option? Absolutely. So that's a guy that I would try to acquire cheap because the value is suppressed now because of the addition of Smith and the failure in his rookie campaign. Be interested to see where James Robinson gets taken whenever we do a mock draft, which I assume will be pretty soon. I have, you know, just kind of tying in those two guys, I have a, a keeper league where we keep four guys. 
And my intention was I have three that are locked in. It's DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, and Darren Waller. It's a PPR league, so those are easy. Um, but my fourth option was between James Robinson and Jalen Hurts. And obviously now I'm leaning Jalen Hurts, but it was going to be nice to at least have one potential top 20 running back and say, okay, then I can just load up at the position. Now I really have to go heavy on running back and I lost in the championship game. So picking an 11 with four keepers is not going to be fun. <laughs> so when you look at Robinson though, do you think he's the starter week one? Do you think he gets more carries in ETN week one? I wouldn't be surprised if he does, but you know, that's going to be something where he may have more carries over the course of the season, but it could be, you know, 180 to 175, you know, by the time the season's over, or, you know, with the 17th game, it could be 200 to 190. Um, but he's probably going to have minimal production in the passing game and ETN should have, uh, you know, should blow the doors off there. You know, the thing you want to hope for is, and this is the perfect scenario, but just doesn't happen is that James Robinson's Mark Ingram and ETN is Alvin Kamara and you get the saints from 2017, whatever it was. That would be great. That would be great. Okay. This is from Tony in Vegas. Dear Joe, Joe, Jamar and T. Joe, Joe, Jamar. Come on, dude. Jamar spelled J-A apostrophe M-A-R. Yeah. Uh, except you forgot Tyler. So, you know. I Myler, Myler. I, Myler. I currently have the first, third, and seventh picks in my rookie draft. Which option do y'all prefer? Option one. Remember, first, third, and seventh. Chase, Pitts, and Sermon. Option two. Chase, ETN, and a wide receiver. Who he thinks could be possibly Waddle, Smith, or Marshall. I guess he's expecting this to be a running back heavy draft. Well, I mean, this is super easy. Option two, for sure. Well, I, I'll, you tell me. But I don't Option want... Option two? Yeah, I don't want Trey Sermon. But you're getting Chase, Pitts. I would replace Sermon if if, if the options are... So it's, it's seven? Yeah. I mean, that's still be Javante Williams' potential territory. Okay, fine. So let's say he's assuming that the top three running backs are gone. Well, then, then why not take hurt? why not take Waddle or Smith? So I think basically yeah, I would take another receiver. I wouldn't reach. Yeah, Maybe. right, right. You know, we had this conversation on on HQ, uh, on CBS Sports HQ. Heath, uh, his initial run of his top twelve rookies, he had Sermon over Michael Carter. I'm taking Michael Carter over Sermon right now. Because I think if Carter becomes the starter for the Jets, he could be very good in that system if it's that same system that they're going to run from San Francisco. Uh, Sermon could be also, but I think, you know, it, it, it could be a little tougher for him and he's not going to have any role in the passing game, whereas Carter could. Carter should. Uh, option two. Oh, I, I read that. What am I doing? Option two. Yeah, all right. You're good there. Tony, thank you. So, so don't. So basically, you would take Pitts over ETN is what it comes down to. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then I know you really want a running back, but if you take Pitts, you shouldn't take Sermon over Devontae Smith. I mean, this is such an important aspect of drafting in Dynasty. You can't fill a need and drop down in prospect that much. You've got to take the better player there. Devontae Smith to Trey Sermon, as it stands right now, history could tell us otherwise, as it stands right now, that's not even close. And right. then make a trade if you want to and get a running back that way. Uh, this is from Rudy. He's going to be all, the three running backs gone. So if he's taking Chase, let's say two, three, four, go. Well, he has three, right? Two, four, five. Yeah, he has first. and He's going Chase one and then, let's say, Pitts three. Right. So it's going to go Harris, ETN, I guess, right? In his mind, it's going to go Harris, ETN, Javante Williams with uh, maybe. Right. So then one, Smith or Watt available to him. Yeah. Yes. That's easy. Right. Okay. Uh, from Rudy in Milpitas, California, who would you rather keep in a super flex league, half PPR, out of a $200 budget? Jonathan Taylor for 27 DeAndre Swift for 6 or Cam Akers for 16 Swift. Yeah. Subtle winner. DeAndre Swift, because drafting a wide receiver in the fourth round, I mean, he still could be could be second on the team in targets. He Fair? could, yeah, he could. The the uh, you the know what? No, I'm gonna game. I'm gonna put it down. Second on the team in targets, DeAndre Swift. 
So Hawkinson is probably looking around 120. Well, 17 games, so 120, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Is Swift getting to 100 targets? Wait a second. 120 targets for Hawkinson. That's 10 a game. Oh, no. No, no, no. sorry. <laughs> I did 117 instead of 170. I think I'm done doing math. Uh, Yeah, he could get there. Could Swift get? No. He probably won't be second in targets. It'll probably be like one of those wide Perryman or something. I think I he think gets. Williams, I think Williams he get eighty. Jamal Williams. Yeah. This could be one of those teams that just has three or four players bunched together. I see this right. a lot. I look at the teams and their targets, and I do see a lot of teams. The Packers could be like that, where you've got Devonte Adams, then you've got Jones, MVS. Last Lazard. year, you know Lazard, uh, Tunyon, all in the same range. This could be one of those teams. All right, keep Smith, Jacob from Denmark. I got offered Dak Prescott for my Deshaun Watson, my 2022 second, and my 2023 second. So you'd have to give up a second-round pick next year and the following year and Deshaun Watson for Dak Prescott. I think you have to do it. Really? I mean, what if Watson's out of the league? Oh, man. That's a tough, tough call. That's a lot to give up. But, I mean, look, second-round picks in rookie-only drafts, especially if you're good, because it doesn't snake, assuming they go like most rookie drafts do. So if it's a 12-team league, and let's say you're picking 10, I mean, the 22nd best player is not always great. There are steals, obviously, left, right, and center. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're you're gambling that you're going to be good. Will you be as good as Watson? Now, obviously, if Watson plays and everything's fine and there's no issues, the player is still going to be very good. But you're basically giving up minimal capital from a draft perspective. Maybe you ask for a third in return. Say, give me 2023 third in return. And then you could turn maybe your two third-round picks into a second-round pick if you want to get back in the second round. But the fact that you're keeping your first, I do that all day. You know what's really interesting about the Texans? I'm just like, who's going to be the worst team in football? They, the Texans. Yeah, they are. A, well, what if Watson plays? The Texans. <laughs> yeah, they're, they could definitely have the number one pick. Do they have their number one pick next year? They do, it's right? kind of, unless they give it to the Dolphins. Um, they may have. I, I don't even know. <laughs> It's kind of uh, it, it's kind of part of the reason why I think if you buy into players in the AFC South, they get those teams twice. They get that team twice. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, wait. So let me see the Laramie Tunsil trade. Let's figure out if they have anything still. I don't think they do. No. Right now. Tracking the- still there though. He'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I, I I don't know, but the Texans gave up a 2024th round pick, a 2021. Oh no, the Dolphins gave up that. The Texans gave up a 2021st, a 2021 first and second. Okay, so they're they're done finally. They get their 2022 first round pick for now. Woo. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We're done. We'll be back with running back rankings tomorrow.